Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist and I'd like to welcome you to episode 14 of Across the Board, a podcast which focuses on the Board of Directors, corporate governance, and the strategic management of risk by a Board of Directors. Today I have with me Joel Solomon. Joel is a well-known venture capitalist who's been investing funds for uh, literally decades and he has focused on mission venture capitalism. We talk about his new book, The Clean Money Revolution, how clean money investing is different than other types of investing, what he sees as a role for boards of directors of public companies in contributing to the clean money revolution, and the need uh, under ESG, mission venture capital, and capitalism, and the clean money revolution for corporate initiatives now more than ever. It's a fascinating exploration of the use of capitalism to help move the ball forward. Across the Board is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. Tom Fox back again for another episode. And today you are in for a real treat. Not only do we have a fellow Southerner on the line, even if he doesn't live uh, in the South anymore, or at least in the southern part of the United States, we have Joel Solomon, who has a new book out, The Clean Money Revolution subtitled Reinventing Power, Purpose, and Capitalism. So, Joel, uh, first of all, thank you for taking the time to uh, visit with me today and the audience. It's my total pleasure. So, Joel has been in investing and investment for uh, many years and has now moved towards something uh, we call mission venture capitalism that he is going to tell us about. But first of all, uh, I wanted to, uh, well, I guess why don't we just start there, Joel? Why don't you tell us what mission venture capitalism is and how uh, you were able to engage in it? The premise comes from my belief that we've created uh, a lot of wonderful things with human ingenuity, and we've also uh, created some problems that we may not have even understood uh, when, when we began building the the economy that we have today. And we know that on in many different uh, situations, whether it's soil loss, species loss, uh, ocean acidification, climate, uh, all, all kinds of issues now that are happening on the planet. And we could also move from environmental to uh, greater disparity between those of us that have uh, prosperity and those who don't. And all of this combines in such a way that with our current knowledge and understanding of science and what happens when a population goes from mm. under 3 billion when I was born to second half of seven and a half, well, almost to 8 billion now, and that's predicted to continue going, that we need to be smart about the future and the long term. So mission venture capital is simply a way to distinguish this part of venture capital that is looking for companies, in our case, in organic food and skincare and environmental technologies. And we, we believe that money, business, and finance can be used to solve many, many of the problems on the planet. And this is how we do our part is to put together pools of capital from other people and organizations, and then go out and find great companies to invest in. 
So, Joel, uh, most of my audience is going to be very familiar with uh, ESG investing. They're certainly familiar with the things that I espouse along the lines of business solutions to not only um, legal, legal problems, but other problems. But it seems to me you have taken this really a step further with Mission Venture Capitalism and your book, The Clean Money Revolution. So I was wondering if you might tell us what led you to write the book and uh, how someone might utilize that to move forward with their investing strategy. I wrote the book because now moving towards my mid-60s, I've had a lot of opportunity and, and privileges of a, of a time in history that's been, been good to my family and myself. And it's been a very exuberant time, as I mentioned earlier, where many new things were possible and continue to be possible. And the Mission Venture Capital firm is pretty straightforward. That, that is helping high net worth people put their capital into things that might be more aligned with their beliefs about the future and what they want to leave to their children. Uh, The clean money revolution is a personal project, which takes it a step further. And I do three things in the book. One is I describe a lot of personal stories and how did I come to this thinking? What formed me? Second is that there's a field and a movement that's been underway for several decades that I was lucky enough to stumble into, really, and watch a number of organizations beget next organizations and networks and ways of thinking that had to do particularly around entrepreneurs who wanted to build companies that clearly were aligned with things they thought would be good for the world. And then And so I mapped some of that uh, movement, how it happened. I do interviews with uh, really interesting people and tell lots of stories about businesses and uh, organizations and entrepreneurs. And then the final section is the call to action and asking people to step up further on their own behalf and, again, on the, the, the people that will follow us on this planet. And think about where our money is and who and what places it's affecting. Are we proud of that? Does that align with what we believe about being a good human and a good citizen? And are we willing to do something to make choices of which now many exist and to move capital from things that actually might be more damaging than we wish and affect how we think about ourselves, if we really look at it, what our children think about us, and move them into investments that we believe to be constructive towards a safe, prosperous, and fair future. And that's what the clean money revolution is. Uh, There's plenty of money in the world. We have uh, something like 30 to $50 trillion in North America alone. That will be passed through death to younger people. And, and I, I estimate there's probably $100 trillion globally or, or something. At, at that level, it doesn't matter if it's 100 or 120 or 80, that there's a lot of money that is passing hands generationally. Information is accelerating. And we are going to hit a moment where a huge amount of capital is willing to flow in these long-term thinking directions. Now, what the book is. 
So does that type of thinking with what I heard of really multiple stakeholders uh, also translate over to not only fund managers, but uh, corporations that uh, in, in their business strategy or their investment strategy? I believe so. I think for all of us, this is probably the biggest money-making opportunity in history because we do need to overhaul the economy for tomorrow versus yesterday. And that means just take the, the built environment, for example, which is one of the biggest contributors to climate issues because of energy leakage in built and all kinds of inefficiencies. And people in real estate or construction understand why the multiple parties and interests that have to be involved in a, in a large uh, construction project, uh, how complicated it is to get it all aligned so that the, uh, the people's financial interests and their uh, long-term, you know, short-term, long-term, it's complicated. But as we go back and retrofit and redo the built economy, Similarly to transportation, to food systems, and, and really everything that's done, it's a tremendous job creator. This is not an industry that is going to be done by robotics. Uh, you, you need people to go in and <laughs> take, open up walls and put in insulation and, and all those kinds of things and to manufacture and build uh, the, the devices and things that will invent and build the devices that will help us better track and have better information. So there's opportunities across the economy, and and the, the awakening about this is clearly underway. Second, if you're a big company, you've got to retain employees. You need to have social license. You need to be able to operate in places. There's more transparency, so it's easier for consumers, investors, and others to know what really any of us are doing. And we, we are aware of the challenges that some of our activities from the past are doing. So this all combines to make it, in my mind, attractive, profitable, and meaningful inside our hearts uh, to uh, think this way. So, Joel, I really appreciate your thoughts around, and I, I think I got this down right, opportunities across the economy. And about 15 years ago, I was driving uh, across West Texas, and I saw a huge wind farm. And um, the first thing that popped in my head was, you know, there's got to be a serviceman who can crawl up every one of those to work on those rotors. And I thought, what a great business opportunity for a mechanic. And it's right. really your point on the business retrofit, and I wish more people would really uh, articulate that. All of those are opportunities, and they're opportunities for a more robust economy. They're opportunities for a more fair economy, and they're more opportunities for um, greater efficiencies, which would indeed help the environment. So to be able to hear those put together in that articulated format, uh, I think it's a very, very powerful message. Well, thank you for that. I'm just doing the best I can to uh, be, be down to earth about it and uh, speak to the future and, and be very practical. So do you uh, really help people who uh, have money to invest? Uh, do, does the book help them understand how to look for some of these opportunities or is it more of a call to action? 
Well, I think that uh, what you asked me before is is all, all these different large institutions in society that can be part of this. So the wealth management industry, for example, is facing a new consumer. The younger generation in particular, but it, it could be um, – you know, uh, uh, life events that happen, health events, and thinking about one's legacy. Uh, there, there, there's a new demand hitting wealth managers saying, I don't want to be invested in that. Uh, so please get me something that I do want to be invested in. And there's just, there are growing pressures from uh, many directions uh, and, and to many different institutions. So the, the book is like a, a doorway. It is not a comprehensive map or an academic study of it all. It's a much more storytelling kind of format. But I'm finding that if people go through and read that and, and see, see and hear all the stories, they'll understand that that's just a fraction. It's like a little dip in the pond uh, with a, with a little net, you know, of 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 just a, an examples, and to give you a flavor of a world that is going on that is not recognized as much by ma- mainstream major media, but is being seen by companies that need to retain their employees, education system under demands for different kinds of learning, uh, and as I said. Uh, the, the, the social license aspect, but keeping your consumers happy, whether they're individuals or large systems, because things like reducing your negative impacts, uh, your externalities, is going to be regulated more. It's going to be necessary uh, to to you know to to succeed. So, Joel, I take a look at risk management quite a bit, and uh, typically from a board of directors perspective, and what I hear you saying is this type of investment strategy is actually a way to manage risk. And if that risk is that your consumer base, your stakeholders, or even the government uh, would uh, find fault with uh, your company's investment strategy, this type of strategy actually is, it's not a preventative, it's actually a proactive way to manage reputational risks or other risks that are not really as well um, managed these days. I'll point to two examples that I think bring it home. One is, do you have stranded assets? Are you sitting on assets, meaning, meaning a big corporation? And the obvious one would be energy. Right. If you're sitting on massive assets in fossil fuels, Fossil fuels are incredibly precious and important, and they need to be here a thousand years from now for the, for the highest uses of them. Burning them to heat and to run an automobile, we now know there are alternatives. Those alternatives have challenges as well. But you want to be sure your balance sheet's not loaded up with stranded assets that by tomorrow, are, the value is going to dip. We know the price of renewables is plunging rapidly and the majority of energy development is starting to happen in renewables. Second, uh, stranded assets, and then the – oops, I lost that second thought. <laughs> I apologize for that. I'll just let you, you – yeah. So the um, – really I got I'm, it. I got it. I got it. Okay. It's, it's about risk. It's risk management. So that's your, that's your one risk. And your next risk is that industries – and giants are falling faster than ever before. They're rising and they're falling. 
And you could find yourself antiquated very quickly if you're not adapting to the future. That's, there's nothing new about that. It's just that the pace has accelerated. And that pace, whether through social media, whether through the advanced in communications, or perhaps even a more aware uh, investing community or aware workforce uh, with more millennials, would seem to me to require uh, both uh, senior management in the form of uh, uh, executives on a, in a corporation and indeed the board of directors to take these sorts of concepts that you're talking about uh, into account in their, their overall strategy going forward. Would, would you find that to be appropriate as well? Yes, I, I'll use another example to uh, bring it home, which is we have an increasingly diverse consumer base, workforce, and nation And that trend is not going to go away. That's going to continue. And the world is becoming that way. So if your customers right now are of a certain demographic and you don't have people involved in your company that understand emerging demographics and their consumer and buying power in in various dimensions, that is another risk. And what is beginning to happen as it's early but ESG and uh, that, that type thing and, and looking at companies and seeing are they, are they adapting to what's coming down the road as opposed to living on uh, formulas and ways of doing things that are starting to shift, uh, that's a huge risk. I think that's absolutely right, and I think that's been borne out by scandal after scandal, and and many companies now, I think, hopefully, are finally getting the message and moving in that direction. Well, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but uh, I'm going to link in our show notes to your site, joelsolomon.org, which uh, has uh, the Clean Money Revolution book for sale and much more information about the book and Joel, but I was wondering if... Uh, someone wanted to follow up with you directly, uh, could they do so? And if so, how would they do it? They can, I have to say cautiously. Uh, I'm getting, uh, my time crunch is getting tougher and tougher all the time. But I'm, I'm, I'm under my name in social media, Joel Solomon. You can also write to that joelsolomon.org. And then joel at renewalfunds.com is is our pooled investment entity, the Mission Venture Capital Firm, and you can find me through there as well. And I will do my very best to respond and be respectful of any inquiries. Well, Joel, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to visit with me. This has been a fascinating interview, and uh, I really hope we can continue the conversation. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Across the Board. If you have listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate our podcast, as it would help on our rankings and help get the word out about this most unique podcast, which focuses on corporate governance and strategic management of risk at the board of directors level. If you have any questions, you can email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. Thanks again for listening to this episode, and I hope you'll join us again for our next episode of Across the Board, a podcast on the board of directors. Across the Board is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.